Defenders of the Night, the most trusted source for top-to-bottom coverage of everyone's favorite mid-90s animated program, Gargoyles, goddammit! I am your host, Daniel Williams. And I am your other host, Liz Zirkel. And I'm your guest, Laura. Yay! She's here. We're all here. One more time. One more go-around. Everybody, listeners, Merry fucking Christmas. Happy goddamn New Year. Let's do this. Episode 13 of season three, the series finale of Gargoyles, Angels in the Night. Oh, boy. There's a lot going on here, you guys. (laughs) This one aired February 15th, 1997. It was directed by everyone's favorite director of anything ever, Charles E. Bastian. And it was written by Carrie Bates. And it's a little weird we're ending the series with perhaps the horniest Gargoyles writer. I don't know. I thought that made perfect sense. You know, he's definitely been around the longest this season, but he's missing some of his touchstone greatness, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. We got a lot to talk about. So just want to say this is it, folks. The last time we are going to ask you to leave Defenders of the Night a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcatcher. If you haven't done it yet, that's weird. Go do it, Jesus. About time. <laughs> yeah, better late than never. Please still do it, but come on. Why'd you wait so long? It's been yeah, nearly I'm, two years. You know what it was, just like James said at the beginning of the season, they wanted to make sure they heard it all. <laughs> well, now's the time, folks. Now's the yeah. time. <laughs> now you can properly leave a full review. <laughs> of you all don't want to jump the gun, I guess. <laughs> How many episodes are there? 78. 78. Yeah. Yeah, I better go on and update my five-star review. I'll have to update it all and let you know what I think after this recording. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess we just have to start, huh? Yeah. We have to start or we're never going to (laughs) finish. And this episode begins, it looks like in Chinatown. Yeah. During... Lunar New Year. With all the fireworks and the dancing dragons. Yeah. There's revelry. There's good time parades. But those good times don't extend to a nearby alley where a lady is being dragged outside. Holy shit, gargoyles. Chill out. Because we just started. Yeah. They definitely had some gotta do more than just rob her vibes going on here. Yeah. Turns out all they want are her rings and not her virtue. So that's good. (laughs) Virtue. Or her ugly brooch. That brooch she had on her chest was so ugly. <laughs> and I was wondering, why don't they want to steal that too? But I guess you make an excellent point. It ugly. Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> Get some taste, lady. <laughs> Luckily, the gargoyles swoop in and prevent anything totally unsavory from happening. So that's great. But yet again, a fucking victim is saved and their reaction is, ah, gargoyles, and like sprints away. You know, I had a question about this scene as I was rewatching it this afternoon. Goliath drops them into a dumpster. Then what? <laughs> because they're criminals. They should be arrested, right? Right. But they just get to leave. Ah, oh, we got trashed. Bye. <laughs> what kind of defense of the night are we doing here? You lazy gargoyle bastards. Like, right? cuff them. They used to like drop them off for the police to pick up or something. They're like, job well done. As the two criminals just run away. Ah, they learned their lesson. Bye, guys. I literally have the note, another dumpster full of criminals. Yeah. Because I feel like we've seen that a lot. This season. They just closed the lid. Well, good enough, huh? <laughs> what I like how one of the thieves was like, ah, these goddamn gargoyles, I hate them. As if like he keeps being stopped by the gargoyles. <laughs> the third time this week. Can a criminal do his job around here? <laughs> no, sir. So 
like the lady flees after being rescued because of course she does. And the dudes, yeah. they talk about how no matter how many people they help, they get no respect. A bunch of Rodney Dangerfields, these gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> the camera cuts to a billboard that fucking Wilson put up. Jesus Christ, dude, get over it. He's got to be one of the biggest fucking losers this show has ever given us. Also, who okayed this billboard? <laughs> be afraid. Be very afraid. Gargoyles. Yeah, I still don't understand him. Like, I feel like they've never given us a clear cut why he's this intensely anti-gargoyles and will spend all his money trying to get them. Yeah, and there's a, a line that Goliath gives us at the end of the episode that I won't go into now. But when he said it, I was like, no, that's not it. <laughs> right? I was very confused. <laughs> nope. Literally no reason. Just really hates gargoyles. <laughs> Yeah. So as this is going on, Goliath reaches out to Angela and she's like, hey, Bronx and I are in the centrally located park. Where is this park? <laughs> and things are actually pretty calm and chill here. She's like, I guess I'll head home now. And he's like, yeah, go ahead and do that. It's getting close. Did you guys see how she stopped midair and changed directions? Something that only a flying creature could do. I was just so excited to see Bronx. I didn't even notice anything different with Angela. I was like, Bronx, where have you been, man? I haven't <laughs> seen you like all season. I was just so, I thought maybe Deluxe really had killed Adam killed. <laughs> oh, Bronx. <laughs> no, if anything, Deluxe would just be like, Bronx is Alex's now. So. <laughs> yeah, if Lex isn't going to be around to watch my kid for me, I guess I'm kidnapping Bronx. <laughs> but yeah, they are so willy-nilly about when they can fly and when they can glide. But later on, we see the same shit going on with like their eyesight and things like that, too. Yeah, it seems like such an easy rule to follow that they just don't. <laughs> okay, fine. You know what? It's the last go around. You guys can have it. Right. <laughs> Let's go home. Sun's almost up. We'll talk about this whole flight thing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the guys decide to make their way back to the castle since the sun is about to come up. And they hear a crash. A bang. A clang. A boom. <laughs> and a little girl screaming for help. Ah. <laughs> Yikes. So, of course, the gargoyles are going to be like, oh, no, that sounds like a little girl. We need to go help. Now, this sounds like a trap. Right? Is this a trap? <laughs> like, because why would a child be out this late? I don't live in New York City. I've only ever visited. So, you know, the empty streets seem normal to me. So I guess maybe in regular New York City, not Times Square, children are out in construction zones in the middle of the night. Yeah. Five in the morning. <laughs> I, I don't know what time the sun rises. Yeah, I was going to say, Laura, it's just early. She's on her way to school. Oh, that her 4.30 a.m. school? Yeah, she got class at 5.15. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. I knew I was missing something. Yeah, she's got a zero hour. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, no, this was very obviously a trap. And you think by this point, the gargoyles would be able to pick up on shit like that. But oh, no, like, what if it's not a trap? And then we just abandon this tiny little child to die. Call your police friend. Right. Just call her and say, hey, the sun's about to come up. We can't investigate. But there might be a little kid in a construction site. Can you <laughs> handle this one? Cops, you think you can do this much? <laughs> Jesus. But of course they don't. Nah. They're like, oh, we can risk the sun. Let's go. So they show up at the construction site, but apparently wherever the voice is coming from, it's just so dark. We can't see down there. Yeah, they, they got to hop down into some kind of pit, the pit to investigate further. Jeremy was watching this with me and he's like, I understand why one went down, but why did they all follow like immediately? <laughs> because they have to rescue the little girl. It's a team effort. Teamwork makes the dream work. And the dream is... 
tripping over a laser tripwire and being buried alive. <laughs> so is this one of those episodes where gargoyles have the bad vision? Because they've already established pretty dark down there. You'd think a bright red laser would stand out because of how it's so dark, but it doesn't. And okay, I don't know how many more times I can forgive this episode. We're only a couple minutes in, goddammit. <laughs> I was really curious about that too. I wasn't sure if it was just like, oh, we're not looking at our feet because we're looking like around for where the voice is coming from. But yeah, I was just like, come on, man. It's right there. <laughs> it's a small child. It's probably a pie. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to look up. You can't be looking down where a small child would probably be. You have to look high where the small children are. Makes sense. I get it now. All right, Laura. Hey. You fixed it again. <laughs> I don't have kids, so you know I know how, I know where small children go. The ceiling. <laughs> well, because of the tripped laser, it becomes clear that they're in some sort of open air prison cell. The grates start closing, and oh my god, we're trapped! Yeah. So Goliath does what Goliath does best, and he goes up to the ceiling and immediately gets electrocuted. His one weakness. <laughs> It's classic gargoyles. They had to give it to us one more time. Would it really be the series finale if Goliath didn't get electrocuted? I don't think so. I don't think it'd be an episode of gargoyles if someone wasn't getting electroshocked. <laughs> Brooklyn rightly points out that this is kind of a horrible place to turn to stone. And <laughs> I hate to break it to you, buddy, but that ain't the worst of it. Broadway notices a panel on the wall. And if that's what he thinks it is, they're in bigger trouble. I don't know what he thought it was, but my first thought was it was a 3D printer. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting that it was Broadway that noticed the blinking bomb and not like Lexington, our go-to science boy. Science boy. <laughs> I also appreciated that he thought what he thought it was before the panel had opened up. Yeah, he just knew. He's like, if that's what I think it is. And I'm totally guessing here because I haven't seen it yet. But that's a bomb. <laughs> and we're fucked. Does Lexington speak in this episode? Yeah, probably. He, he does, because I was wondering the same thing, because he has had a lot of being there. And I'm like, did his voice actor quit or something? <laughs> but he does speak in this one, so. Okay, okay. He's got a few lines here and there. Angela radios in that she's heard everything, and help is on the way. Don't know what she's going to do, but Okay. Goliath and Broadway both tell her it's too late and to stay away, but she don't listen. Kids never listen. I'm confused. How did she hear everything? Because every other time we've seen the communicate, Goliath has pressed a button on his communicator and been like, Angela, come in. Oh, you shut up about that. <laughs> you shut your questioning mouth. <laughs> this is the series finale. They can do what they want. <laughs> How dare you? Well, obviously, she doesn't listen, <laughs> and she apparently was real close by because she's immediately there. But unfortunately, it is too late. And as she is swooping, the sun comes up and everyone is turning to stone, and she crashes and bounces into the ground as a statue. Luckily. Yeah. <laughs> and right after that happens, the building explodes on top of our pal goyles, and well, I guess the episode's done. Everyone's dead. Goodbye, folks. I guess we're just going to follow the exploits of the quarrymen going forward because a couple of them pull up in this shitty clunker of a car. <laughs> they are so thrilled. Wilson's going to be so proud of them. <laughs> I had a ton of questions about the timing of this, but I feel like they're not even worth asking because this is a series finale and they can do what they want. <laughs> <laughs> but what are your questions? I'm curious. Oh, like, how did they time this? That's a big one. Yeah. How did none of the debris 
Hurt Angela or Bronx? That was another one for me because a building collapsed. I was curious about that one. Me too. And I wasn't sure. Does the bomb timer start going down from when they trip the wire or is it calculated based on the sun? I assume the trip wire. Also, what if just cops showed up? Right. Because this is their job too. <laughs> what if it actually had been Goliath being like, hey, Dreamboat, we got a boogie. Sun's coming up. Can you go check this out? And then suddenly Dreamboat's dead. What if nothing happened? Yeah. So those are some of my questions. Again, none of it matters because it's the series finale and they can do what they want. <laughs> Carrie Bates. So later that day, while the fire is being extinguished by the New York Fire Department, we see a news crew on site. And I'd like to play a little clip because there's some interesting wording here. The building site belonged to John Castaway, industrialist head of the Quarrymen, the radical citizens group that seeks the extermination of all gargoyles. That's an interesting euphemism for terrorist organization. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> radical citizen group. <laughs> Which is funny because they literally use the word terrorist in a couple minutes from now. Yeah, to describe the gargoyles. <laughs> right. So it's cool for us to call the gargoyles terrorists, but not the actual terrorists. Another question I had about this discussion of Wilson. Isn't he in jail? He was arrested the last time we saw him. Huh, I forgot about that. Apparently <laughs> so it's gargoyles. gargoyles. <laughs> I mean, he is rich, so he was just able to be acquitted, I guess. Do you remember back in season one of Gargoyles? Now, I know that's a long way to think back. But Deluxe was in prison for months. Yeah. He's the richest man on the planet. <laughs> now, I know that it's partially because ADA Casey Novak is a Quarryman sympathizer, at least. But was she not doing her job? Did she choose not to prosecute this man? How could she have gotten away with that? Because she's the worst. ADA Casey Novak is the fucking worst. Well, let's go to her office and see how bad she is. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> so Wilson is talking to her and is like, hey, I got some evidence for you. And plays a fucking recording of Goliath talking about how he's going to like take on the quarrymen and destroy this building or whatnot. I know technology can do a lot of stuff, but how did he do this? Well, later on, Dreamboat does suggest that he pulled that from court recordings and edited it together. So, uh, okay. you know, that's possible. Sure. Seems like a lot of words that Goliath didn't say, but theoretically possible. It also just seems like a lot of pointless work. Why, dude? Get a better hobby. She doesn't even bat an eye to any of this. She just takes it at face value. She's seen tape-recorded evidence before, and it worked for that person in the past. So now she's like, well, I mean, it's on a tape recorder, so it must be true. <laughs> it worked against me last time, but this time the tape recorders are on my side. Yeah. So I want to get back to Wilson real fast because he is a known terrorist leader yep. who, again, last time we saw him, was arrested for, you know, terrorism. He has attacked a prison. He has attacked a police officer's private residence. And who knows what else that he hasn't been accused of. But ADA Casey Novak isn't interested in recent history. Apparently they're such good buddies, he can just waltz into her fucking office and be like, hey, I got some news for you. And she's like, oh, cool. You know, I should arrest you on site, but go on. Tell me about this gargoyle shit that you have. This confirms all of my biases. So, yes, thank you. <laughs> and Wilson says something here about the building that we need to circle back to later. He says... <laughs> Think of all the people that could have gotten hurt. Let's keep that in mind for the end of the episode. Yes, for sure. But also, wasn't this a construction zone? Like, there wasn't people here. Oh, you again with that goddamn mouth. Shut it. 
all your questions are going to get us in trouble, Liz. The funny thing is, all in all, I actually enjoyed this episode, but I'm going to keep poking at the holes. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, so then they're talking about how these two could have been involved. How? Like, they're not the ones that are trapped. Uh, Also, if you just pay attention to how they were frozen in stone... What? What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, one was mid-flight and the other was running. Also, they decided to hang around a crime scene that was also exploding. But, I don't know. Rational thought really doesn't come into play here, so I guess we'll just move back to the construction site. I don't know what else to say about this scene. It's insane. Yeah. So, the construction site is the first time we get to see Dreamboat being sad, but she's trying really hard to keep her shit together. And Detective Matt is also there, and he's like, who's going to inform Angela and Bronx that everyone else is dead? Matt's quietly like, not it. Yeah, he's like, no nose goes. I really don't want to do this. Like, I'm buddies with them, but I'm not that close with them. (laughs) Yeah, oh, I don't know who's going to do it as he slowly backs away from the construction site. (laughs) (laughs) Dreamboat's like, obviously, dude, I'm going to do it. That's the only (laughs) thing that makes sense. That's what Goliath would have wanted because we're fucking duh. So, so crass in this this horrible time. <laughs> so in the in the meantime, the, the gargoyles need to be put into protective custody. But guess again, asshole! I know you're grieving, and I don't care. God damn, this show is cruel to her. Some fucking cop is like they're going downtown to get booked because they have a warrant. <laughs> Dreambo's not happy by this at all. Yeah, there's no real probable cause to back up this warrant. But again, series finale. They can do what they want. Who cares? I want to know what judge ADA Casey Novak went to to get this warrant. Because I've seen your laws in order. I know you have to go to a judge. That's what we never see. We never see the hateful judges on this show. Only the hateful ADA. I'd assume Castaway has some judges in his pocket. You're probably right. But how many judges does Deluxe have in his pocket? Good point. I just assume rich people all have judges in their pockets. Oh, those pockets are (laughs) stuffed with judges. Cargo pants full of judges. So this is another one where I'm like, I don't know how to end this section. Let's go to the next scene, I guess. Yeah. We got to go to the courthouse downtown. A very ostentatious building, I'm presuming, is wherever the ADA works. And I can't fucking believe what I'm hearing here. I don't like bombs in my city, Maza. We're charging the female with conspiracy and terrorism. Am I in an alternate universe? Have I taken crazy pills? This fucking lady is literally conspiring with Wilson to wrongfully convict the victims of a crime as the perpetrators. Also, again, the last time we saw Wilson, literal bombs going off by the docks. Yep. This lady fucking loves bombs. (laughs) Almost as much as she fucking hates gargoyles. Almost, yeah. It's hard. It's like, oh, God, I love one and I hate the other. And it really balances out my personal scale. (laughs) But yeah, yet again, Dreamboat is angry. It feels right. I'm (laughs) okay with that. I'm a little angry too. (laughs) So she's like, well, fuck, this is going nowhere. I guess I'll go to Xanadu Towers to see (laughs) if my rich buddy can help. (laughs) Always go to Deluxe first, yeah. They haven't had a whole lot of time together. I mean, I guess initially when Deluxe is like, yeah, sure, I'll take the gargoyles in. We saw them around each other a little bit, but we haven't got a whole lot of that. And it was kind of nice seeing them get together and, like, actually get along. Yeah. (laughs) Anytime these two team up is a good time, IMO. She's upset. And he's like, hee hee, I got a surprise. 
But she is being dubbed a gargoyle sympathizer, so she's no longer allowed to try to visit Angela and help out at all. So that sucks. Deluxe is like, I mean, yeah, kind of makes sense, right? <laughs> so Dreamboat is all upset, and she's like, okay, Angela's going to wake up, and I need to tell her what happened, and that literally there's only two gargoyles left, and she's going to be sad, and everything sucks. Well, who's going to tell her? That's the thing, like... Dreamboat's not allowed to go visit. Mm, right. Yes, yes, yes. Angela's all alone. It's going to be that same fucking asshole uniform cop from earlier. He's like, hey, by the way, your entire family's dead. All right, bye. <laughs> but luckily, it doesn't matter. Dramatic reveal. Because Daddy Deluxe had <laughs> did something ridiculous. He pulls out a remote control, <laughs> pushes the only button on said control, <laughs> and a giant wall panel slides open where we see the bros and they're alive. <laughs> Two quick questions. Why does he have this silly secret room? And how did he rescue them? Hopefully we'll find out after we take this break. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Help others find our show by rating and reviewing on iTunes. Check out CalamityCast.com for even more content and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to get in touch and let us know how we're doing. If you like what you hear and you want to help keep the lights on, consider becoming a regular CalamityCast contributor on Patreon. Or if you'd like to make a one-time donation, you can do so at paypal.me slash CalamityCast. We appreciate your support and your donations truly make a difference. Of course, Daddy Deluxe has all the answers to your questions, Daniel. He reveals them. They wake up, too. Yeah, they wake up. Everything's great. Minus, you know, Angela and Bronx not being there. And Deluxe is like, you know what? I feel like I owe you an explanation. Explain to you how I did this. And Dreamboat's like, uh, yeah. (laughs) Like, what the fuck is happening? Let's see. When I learned of the special accessories Castaway was adding to his building to trap the gargoyles, I had my spy bribe his construction crew to add a few extras of my own. The moment you turned to stone, the floor rotated, moving you to a protective chamber. At the same time, pieces of imposters were rotated in, taking your place just before the big blast. How? None of that makes any sense. When? As soon as they turned to stone? How could you have timed that? What? What? I think Deluxe has been um very bored since he's taken on his not-a-villain lifestyle. So he's like, what do I use my free time for? To fuck with every other rich person in the city. <laughs> yes! Great. I'm glad he did it. None of it makes any sense, but it's the series finale and they can do what they want. I'm a little sad that we didn't get to see Fox or Alex at all this episode. Oh, yeah. Nah, fuck him. <laughs> so now they've got a choice. Should they stay or should they go now? And yeah, Deluxe quotes Shakespeare, but I'm an aging punk, so you all get the clash and you just got to deal with it. (laughs) And I don't even like the clash. I believe that Deluxe was to be or not to be. Yeah, and fucking Hudson's like, oh, riddles, we're doing riddles again? Like, buddy. (laughs) Buddy, you've literally been living with Shakespeare people for the last several years. (laughs) Come on now. You can read. We know you can. (laughs) I only read the newspaper. So right now, the public thinks that the majority of the gargoyles are dead, which means they can go elsewhere. Might I suggest L.A.? People love gargoyles out there, man. It's true. When Broadway went out there, he was welcomed with open arms. As long as you don't wear too many clothes, because they will tear them off. (laughs) 
But Goliath is not for this. He goes, we're fucking gargoyles, man. We don't hide. We protect. What? They literally hide. (laughs) Yes, they do. It's a great idea. Goliath, man, what are you thinking? You don't have to stop being protectors. You just have to fuck off elsewhere. Yeah. Go to Des Moines. Maybe they'll be more receptive. <laughs> Get a new protector that wants you guys there. You know, initially it was because this is where their castle was, but then they spent a year plus not living in the castle. So why does that matter? You know what? Here's what you do. You have Deluxe. Fly that goddamn castle elsewhere. <laughs> Put it in Bozeman, Montana. <laughs> well, they're not leaving. Thanks, Goliath. He doesn't even consider it. He just immediately is like, no. Nah, we're not going to do that. I mean, I understand, like, you want to get Bronx and Angela first, but then, like, seriously, try Saskatchewan. I don't know. Even upstate New York might be nicer to them. Yeah. Albany. Other places. <laughs> so so we got we to fix the situation with Bronx and Angela. And Deluxe was like, ah, you know, I really didn't work that into my plan. I thought he was going to explode all of you in the building. <laughs> So if you gave me like two hours, I could figure out a way to to help. And Dreamboat's like, well, right now they are safe locked up. So we might as well just keep them there. Are they? (laughs) We got a loose definition of safe right now, considering, you know? Yeah. And it's about this time that Dreamboat says something like, ADA Novak might share ideals with the quarrymen, but she doesn't tolerate vigilante justice. And my head fucking exploded. (laughs) Yes, she does. That's what the quarrymen have been doing for months. That's what they do. She loves it if it aligns with her corrupt political agenda. The Brogoyles almost all died because of the vigilante justice. (laughs) This is happening in this episode. What do you think those words mean, Dreamboat? (laughs) She's just refusing to believe that the system is corrupt. God damn it, Liz. You're absolutely right. She's just... I don't know, got fucking blinders on or something? (laughs) Okay, so let's go back to ADA Casey Novak's office, where I wish that Dreamboat would just walk in and beat the shit out of this lady. Meanwhile, the only thing she does do is like shove past the guy who is her secretary or something. I don't know what he is. Executive assistant. Oh, okay, sorry. Respect the title. But yeah, so Dreamboat shoves past Maxwell, and he's like, I'm sorry, ma'am, I tried to stop her. She wouldn't listen. And Dreamboat's just like, fuck off all of you and listen to me. <laughs> so it turns out that ADA Casey Novak has gotten authorization to move the captured gargoyles to an upstate detention facility. And Dreamboat is in charge of security. Who gave her this authorization? I don't know 100% how law works or lawyers or or what they do. I know they wear wigs. (laughs) (laughs) But could she have gotten authorization to do this movement? Isn't that a police matter? I have no idea. And also, like, if they're literally really moments ago being like, Dreamboat, you're gargoyle sympathizer. We don't want you anywhere near the gargoyles. Oh, by the way, you're in charge of their security in this important transport. What? You know. The thing I said earlier, I, I'm going to do the exact opposite now. It's fine. I really, I want you closest to them, as a matter of fact. She's like, you're the one that I know will do anything she can to protect them and make sure they arrive alive or whatever. Well, that's nice, I guess. Sure. But why does she suddenly care? Dude, who cares? Serious finale, et cetera, and so on. It gets Dreamboat on the train, so that's all that matters. I mean, it does kind of <laughs> sound like a setup, like ADA Novak put this gargoyle sympathizer in charge of security to, I don't know put her in a position where Killer. she might yeah, get killed. Honestly, yeah. Let's see how it plays out, I guess. Well, first, let's go to Castle Wyvern. The three brogoyles are watching a news broadcast of people on the street shit-talking gargoyles. It's not really great for your self-esteem, guys. You don't have to watch this. Right. Like, as soon as they start talking shit, you'll be like, all right, change the channel, turn it off. This is not good for my mental health. <laughs> also, they're talking about moving. You know, maybe Deluxe is right. Yes, 
absolutely, he is right. You guys don't deserve this shit. I mean, what about all those places that Goliath went? Avalon or, or, or Japan, places where we might meet other gargoyles. Other female gargoyles. That's my Brooklyn. Even in the most dire situation, dude's still just thinking about getting his dick wet. Yeah, that was the most Carrie Bates moment of this episode so far. Seriously lacking <laughs> in the classic Carrie Bates moments, but at least we got one. Do you think he just like has that like teenager, just because I've never had sex, it must be the greatest thing in the world kind of horniness? Yes. I guess. Because like if he had sex, would he not be quite so horny? He'd be like, oh, well, that's what it is. Or would he just be like, I have to do it more? I'm just wondering because he's really... Really, really horny. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends on how his first experience ends up being. Like, you know, I was going to say not to overshare, but what fucking show are we on? But I was the latter kind of teenager, personally. <laughs> They're like, oh, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. Because I was just like, well, that's what that is. Okay. Anytime an adult had their back turned, I'm like, can we fuck real fast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So you're our Brooklyn, okay. <laughs> Definitely more of Brooklyn vibes. Just I didn't have that stinky desperation of like, oh, maybe we just find other ladies. We're literally in a deadly situation where members of our clan may be in prison forever, but uh, also fucking. <laughs> like, I am down to fuck always. Hey, uh, we're going to go end up in a deadly situation. Yeah, 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 that's cool, that's cool. Um. Will there be fucking opportunities? <laughs> Brooklyn's like, hey guys, if we are potentially about to die, I'd like to not die a virgin. So like, can we take care of that first? Yeah. <laughs> Someone help me get laid, please. Brooklyn, come on. Man. Just give me like three minutes. I swear that's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Goliath walks in and he's like, get your goddamn head out of the gutter, Brooklyn. And Brooklyn's like, I literally can't. I live here. I live in the gutter. <laughs> And like, you're talking, you have a lady. And he's like, yeah, that's why we're not leaving. <laughs> we work so hard to, quote, gain acceptance in human society. You know? That's her you vagina. <laughs> <laughs> you solved the mystery. He has gained acceptance. <laughs> so he, he says that comment about being accepted. And I would just like to, I don't know, gesture to all of this. <laughs> you clearly have not been accepted, sir. <laughs> We wouldn't be in this predicament. Yeah. I like your weird positivity. Really misplaced positivity. <laughs> we don't want to throw away all of this. What? You sure about that? Because two of you are in prison. The other five of you almost died last night. But again, it all goes back to, you know, his interpretation of accepted, which is sexier. <laughs> Well, let's move on to the streets. ADA Casey Novak's loser assistant is a Corman mole. This fucking asshole is leaking gargoyle transfer information to Wilson, mm. who then goes on to make a stellar Beatles reference, you guys. I don't know if you caught it, but I'll play it for you. Well done, Maxwell. At the next rally, you must remind me to award you a silver hammer. You guys not Beatles fans? I mean, I like Beatles, but what is silver hammer? Is First of all, as James pointed out at the beginning of the season... Presumably, the name The Quarrymen is a reference to the Beatles. That was their original name. Oh, I knew that. Also, Maxwell's Silver Hammer is a famous Beatles song. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. Guys. Is it like one of those deep cut songs, apparently, that doesn't get a lot of radio play? It's on Abbey Road. Oh. oh. To the Spotify. Yeah, I'll have to listen to that after. I'm surprised you guys didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So it was like a triple reference within a reference there. The quarry. All right. Okay. 
You know, what's so funny about that clip and this reference is that it's a show for children. Yeah, they would never know that. <laughs> All right. It's, you know, that little Easter egg for the adults that are watching. So back to this phone call. It turns out that Wilson was taking the call from Maxwell at the podium during a quarryman rally. And I think that's just rude. <laughs> also, I feel like these rallies always happen at the most bizarre times. Yeah. 2.30 in the morning. Right. But was it nighttime when we cut to Maxwell on the street? That's what I can't recall. And I just watched this episode. I assumed it was, but I really don't know. Because he specifically says that they're going to be on the red eye train. So that's like a very early morning train. Yeah. And that's two hours from now. So again, this call is like 2.33 in the morning. Yeah. Why didn't he call from his house? <laughs> what are you doing out? Poor Maxwell. All right. Overworked. <laughs> something, something, something. Series finale. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> but yeah, now the Corey men are excited. Now that they know where they're departing from and what train and all that, they can smash some stones. Which is funny because the quarrymen do not. The quarrymen <laughs> should be like, actually, we didn't hear the other side of that conversation. Would you care to share the information with us? <laughs> you were on a private call. <laughs> Sir, you were not on speakerphone. <laughs> yeah, but they get really excited. They're going to smash some stone and we're going to go to a break knowing that, I don't know, terrorism is bad. This is just gross and weird. <laughs> That's the Defenders of the Night promise. We're <laughs> anti-terrorism. We'll be right back. In the year 2100, the Earth's cybernetically enhanced population threatened to tear down everything America held dear. Free speech, drive through liquor stores, and guns. So many guns. After much deliberation, it was decided that, if America and its superior values were to survive the coming robocalypse, there was only one option. Get the fuck out. The next hundred years saw the construction of Space America, the galaxy's newest and brightest star. If you value adventure, good times, and cyborg fistfights, find your place in Space America. Space America. No cyborgs need apply. Subscribe to Space America on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or check out CalamityCast.com. And we're back. And we're still not touching ourselves. The Defenders of the Night promise. <laughs> promise number one, never touching ourselves while we record. Promise number two, we don't support terrorists. Yeah, yeah. I'm putting it on a t-shirt. We're not anti-masturbation. We're just anti... All right, never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, let's continue to not touch ourselves on this train. There's some back and forth here between Dreambo and ADA Novak. And this lady, I mean, she's so disgusting. I don't even want to talk about her. Like, I'll leave it to you two because all I want to do is punch her stupid face. I thought it was weird that she was on the train with them. But, yeah, I don't know, man. I like, mean, she's on the train. She's in the same car. I, I was confused. I missed somehow that they were going to be on a train. I'm like, what? where are they at? Are they in a truck? And I'm like, oh, a train. Also, that makes sense. It's weird to me. And again, I don't know a whole lot about, like, transporting prisoners. But you would think if you're transporting gargoyle prisoners, perhaps a passenger train isn't the way to do it. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's supposed to be kind of more secretive this way. Oh, mm. That makes sense. Maybe the quarrymen wouldn't think that they would be transported on a passenger train because why would you do that kind of thing? Why wouldn't they be on a prison transport? Well, we're trying to 
trick ya. It's also weird because it seems like this passenger train also has just like regular boxcars attached because like they're not in like a passenger room sitting really like it seemed more well, that's the luggage car this is all actually explained in the episode oh okay i apparently missed that part when i was confused by other things <laughs> <laughs> yeah that much is actually said so they do give you some context and i would have to assume that Idia novak is there to make sure that there are no shenanigans from dreamboat mm. although you think that she could literally send anyone another cop yeah so outside this train, we see the Corryman army approaching with helicopters and all the other random technology shit that they have, like jetpacks. And and of course, they have their hammers. Jetpacks. Is it even a Cory person if they don't have a hammer? That's a good question. <laughs> this is when I thought maybe ADA Novak isn't involved with the Quarrymen attack. Yeah, it actually did seem that way. Like, she seemed very confused and like, what the fuck is happening? So maybe she doesn't suck as bad as I thought she did. Yeah, not quite as bad, but still pretty bad. Solidly bad. <laughs> yeah, bad enough that it doesn't really matter that she's not actually part of the Quarrymen attack. So they're all ready to cause some damage. Yeah, to smash some stone, remember? Even though it's, you know, nighttime and the gargoyles are awake. And that just seems like a whole lot of Quarrymen for two gargoyles, but Okay, Angela and Bronx are like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, what are we going to do? You guys, can we go up to the helicopter and talk about Wilson for just a second? Mm -hmm. I would like to take you back to the previous scene where Wilson was standing in front of the crowd. Was he wearing his quarryman outfit? Because in my mind, he was. I think so. He's not in the helicopter. He's in a suit and tie. What a weirdo. He took off his cute little outfit to just be business guy. For this attack? He's not even trying to hide himself anymore. No, he's in the one suit that he has. (laughs) And I thought that was weird. It really doesn't have anything to do with anything other than series finale. They can do whatever they want. (laughs) But this is really weird. The Corrymen are here to attack. That means they're about to attack a bunch of cops and ADA Novak. And just regular citizens. And regular citizens, for sure. Which I guess they were thinking, oh, we'll just attack the one area and be done. But the other gargoyles are alive and they show up and ruin their plans. Well, before that, the quarrymen attack and they like tear a hole in the roof of the train car, sure. And the two uniformed cops, which I think one is Officer Morgan. Oh, was it? You know, the cops probably aren't dead. Hopefully. Hooray. And even though these dipshits are literally shooting at cage targets, all they managed to do is free the gargoyles and seriously piss them off. Good job, Alpha Squad. You're the Alpha? Okay. Yeah, that is pretty funny, though. That's like, we are bad enough shots so we can't hit the targets, but good enough shots to just perfectly open up the gates. (laughs) Yeah. Go team. So bad that they're almost good. (laughs) Thanks, (laughs) guys. And as you two both mentioned, the Quarrymen get sneak attacked by the rest of our Palagoyles. Yes. (laughs) Wilson's like, oh, it doesn't matter. I have lots of other... Corey men to come help attack. Somehow they blow up a bridge. That's the point. I was like, okay, hold up now, sir. I understand you want to kill these gargoyles, but now you were literally putting a huge train full of humans in danger because you're that desperate to get these gargoyles. What do you mean somehow? I mean, they bombed it, but... (laughs) Hey, he had a remote detonator. Now, he would have had to have those charges set up, like, way in advance. So was he planning on blowing his bridge up for something else at some point? Or did somebody run out, set the bombs at the bridge? Or is this just the last episode they can do whatever they want? Uh, I think the second thing that you said. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But they just got the call about the fucking train. So they ran ahead. 
and then set the charges and then went back instead of just waiting <laughs> because they followed the train. It's more dramatic this way. It's real Superman logic. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bullshit Superman logic. <laughs> also, Liz, you're absolutely right about the bomb. They're going to kill everyone on this train to kill two gargoyles yeah. that if they just waited a little bit longer would turn to stone. Right. You know, the whole chanting about the, uh, what is it? Um, is a, a crash the crash the rock. Um, uh, they were chanting something. It was really catchy. <laughs> so catchy. We forgot. <laughs> but, but then they just didn't wait and then do that thing. Yeah. Oh boy. It's a good thing. This is the series finale and they can do whatever they want because none of this makes any sense. <laughs> Wilson is just utterly unhinged at this point. Oh yeah. This dude has lost his goddamn mind. He's like, oh, no, it's for the greater good for me to kill all these humans because two gargoyles will be gone. Only two. And at that point, he does think the other five are already dead. So he thinks he's finishing the job. But my man, a little extreme. Yeah, remember the whole smash the stone thing? Are we not Are we not doing that anymore? You think you could easily put a couple quarry men as security guards in the prison and just taking care of the job during the day. I keep harping on this whole stone thing, but I don't know if you guys knew this, but gargoyles, once the uh, uh, the uh, sun comes up, they turn to stone and um, they don't fight back at that point. Right. Yes, but what if, <laughs> instead of waiting two hours, we blow up a bridge, kill about 50 to 150 people and the two gargoyles? We can do that within 20 minutes, but or we could wait two hours, and 20 minutes is less than two hours, so I'm saying we go with the 20-minute purpose. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kill them now. Kill them now. Oh, your logic is fucking flawless this week. <laughs> All right. I mean, that is faster. I'm a genius. Okay, let's blow up a bridge. All right, I'm with you. I'm with you. You got me again. <laughs> Plus, you get to fucking blow up a bridge, man. You can't do that every day. I mean, he probably could. He is insane. <laughs> All right, so while the battle rages on outside, Wilson drops down into that train, hijacks it, takes the conductor hostage, and increases the speed to dangerous levels. Now, does he not know the train's already going? Does it need to go faster? Well, yet again, he wants to save that time and kill them now. Ah, okay, yeah. This is bananas. He's got brunch plans. He's got brunch plans. I am on a strict timeline here, people. <laughs> Time to wait for this. Well, because now they're going so fucking fast, the passengers are like, something weird is happening on this train. I think it's out of control. <laughs> I like how your interpretation of them is very chill. Uh, excuse me. I fall into the ground because the train is moving quite fast. <laughs> Might there be an issue? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> But 88 Novak is also like, uh-oh, <laughs> what the fuck is happening on this train? Hold on a second. Are you gargoyles causing the train to speed up? You are very evil. But she's also witnessed a Corryman already shooting into <laughs> the box that she's in. No, <laughs> no, it's gargoyles. <laughs> They're always being bad guys. What a doofus. Broadway and Angela move to try and stop the train. And 88 Novak's like, what? Why? What are you doing? Because she is just the biggest asshole around. Why would you try and help? I've never heard of such a thing. Really, bitch? You haven't heard like the fact that they keep telling you time and time again that no, we are helping the humans. We're we're fighting the bad guys. It's not us. Now suddenly because it's her life in danger, she's like, oh my God, you could just fly away and you're going to risk it all and save me? Not you, bitch. Everyone else. You can die. <laughs> no, we're actually going to make sure you go off this ledge here. Uh, bye bye <laughs> <sighs> So 
Before Angela and Broadway can do anything, one of those quarrymen sons of bitches shoots into the train car and they're down for the count, probably. Serious finale. They can do what they want. (laughs) Outside, Goliath moves to take on Wilson while the rest of the clan faces off against the remaining quarrymen. Back in the train car, suddenly everyone realizes gargoyles aren't assholes and are super surprised. Duh, we saw how you wanted to help us. Hey, thanks. Apparently we're the assholes. (laughs) I mean, we just figured that since we're assholes, gargoyles were assholes too. Despite all of the good you've been doing for the past 77 episodes. (laughs) And thank God there is a nice doctor aboard. He's a doctor. (laughs) Because he's like, oh, hello. I'll try to tent to them if you'd like. He has his little doctor (laughs) bag and everything. I'm a doctor. Where was this doctor going on the red eye train? That he brought his little doctor bag with him. Maybe he's a traveling doctor and goes to all the rural areas that don't have their own doctors. Okay. I was going to say doctor convention. (laughs) I think he's going the wrong direction. You think that'd be more in the city? Oh, maybe he's he's coming back from the doctor convention. Well, meanwhile, they're being taken care of. That's great. Super. Goliath is in the train engine room and he's like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, that bridge has been blown up. (laughs) We're going to (laughs) die. And he tries to talk to Wilson face to face. I knew you gargoyles wouldn't let me down. Sacrificing yourselves trying to protect everyone on board. You would destroy all these innocent lives. For what? An ancient hatred? (laughs) I never intended to hurt them. How ironic that your last efforts to save lives shall end up costing them instead. So Wilson is well aware that the gargoyles are protectors of people. Right. And he doesn't like that. And he was banking on the fact that they'll come to save all these people and therefore be on the train, which makes no sense because how does he even know right now that they were alive? No, he didn't. None of that makes any sense. Nah. His story keeps changing. So this is the quote that I mentioned earlier from Goliath, an ancient hatred. No, he's just a guy. Yeah. Well, my question is, I thought, well, maybe, was he the third brother of the, um, he's not the third brother, is he? No, but he should have been. We would have noticed if he was the third brother. I'm like, was this a writing mistake? Was he supposed to be this other guy? It's really bizarre that we had that whole other group of anti-gargoyle masked people, Mm -hmm. and then they disappear when the hottie one gets with Dreamboat and decides that he doesn't want to be a bad guy anymore. But the one guy we literally mentioned forever ago, we're like, do we think we're ever going to see that character again? Because he's like, I'm going to get you. And then nothing. So yeah, it would make sense that Wilson is that brother, but they never tie it all together. And it's also two different groups of masked people. Like, what the fuck, Gargoyles? It's definitely not him, but you're right. It absolutely should have been him. He's got this vendetta that he swears at the end of season two, but instead he's like, I just went on a beach vacation and actually it cleared it all up for me. I'm good. He's like, I discovered pot. I'm a lot calmer now. (laughs) He says, I didn't intend to hurt them, them being the passengers on the train. Yaha, you blew up a bridge. You literally just said that they were the bait to get the gargoyles there. So yeah, you did intend for this to happen. Yeah. Also, you set a bomb. This wasn't an accidental explosion with that whole bridge thing. You... We watched you push the button. It's the last episode and they can do what they want. (laughs) I kept kind of expecting during this whole bridge is out, train is going crazy. I thought Deluxe was going to show up in one of his robo suits. Fuck, that would have been cool. And he could have just done the whole Spider-Man thing. 
missed opportunity. Damn, that would have been really cool. All right. So <laughs> I guess we'll just finish this episode. So there's a bit of a tussle. And obviously, Wilson is no match for Goliath. So this whole thing is kind of anticlimactic here. Goliath is sick of this dude's shit. He's like, you want to be the big man here? You Show me how you feel about gargoyles, you little puny man. He's like, and give me a reason to kill you. <laughs> so many. Here, I've written down a list. I've given you so many reasons. Please kill this man. <laughs> but instead, Wilson's hate boner goes limp. Goliath just kind of tosses him, knocking him unconscious. And instead of leaving him in the train engine here, Goliath scoops him as well as the conductor and the other guy, junior assistant conductor. I don't know what that other guy was doing. <laughs> he scoops him all up and he takes him back to the other train car. Why? Because it's a children's cartoon and they don't kill people. No, no, no. He keeps them on the train. Toss him aside. Oh, I see what you mean. They're still in danger, Goliath. He's just hoping that his plan is going to work. <laughs> well, he doesn't actually have a plan. Brooklyn has the great plan. Hey, Brooklyn. Way to step up, man. I mean, I guess he saves them from the crashing train engine, because that does go over the over the ledge. But again, he could have set them off to the side, and then they would be in no danger. <laughs> Not in future danger. Yeah. So after Goliath does that, he does separate the train from the runaway engine. So that's great. But at this point, there's just so much fucking momentum that it doesn't do anything. Cue Brooklyn to the rescue. As I said, he's got this great idea. He and the other pros, they deal with all the other jetpacked quarrymen. And they use the jetpacks to jam into the side of the train. And they use them like reverse thrusters, which is really smart. Again, I feel like it's a Lexington solution. Was about to say that, that yet again, one of the bros did a Lexington thing. And Lexington even calls out. He's like, oh, yeah, this is a smart idea. Well, why didn't I think of that, man? <laughs> because that would mean you have to speak more, Lexington. <laughs> He's not getting paid for that many lines. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily, this is working. Yeah. But it does take to the very, very last second. <laughs> and I like how Hudson was like, Oh, my God. <laughs> like, could you have come up with that a little quicker, buddy? <laughs> that was almost really bad. And Brooklyn's like, I mean, it worked. Whatever. <laughs> I would be like, yeah, I mean, what was your fucking idea, old man? <laughs> Before we get too far away from it, when Brooklyn grabs that jetpack off of that guy, he throws that guy face first into the ground below. <laughs> he kills that man. Oh, yeah. I, I have, have written down, say them all, except for this guy. Fuck this guy. <laughs> that dude's neck is fucking destroyed. It's powder. Is that the same one that was tossed to the side and like broke a shed? Because I was like, that guy's probably has a broken back at the very least. That was another guy. Yeah. <laughs> How did he collapse that shed? I don't know, but it was just like demolished. <laughs> Save all of the quarrymen. Ah, except for those two assholes. <laughs> <laughs> they deserved it. Yeah, they know what they did. I mean, the same thing that all the other ones did, but all right. Well... We saved most of them. Yeah. And the train is saved and all of the passenger, everyone is saved. There's cheering and it feels good to be loved, mm -hmm. to be adored. Hudson's like, yeah, I could get used to that sound. This is great. Hey, it's about time, assholes. You hear that? <laughs> you don't even know how many times we've saved you. We've only been saving you for three years. We've been on the scene a lot, but you guys have been dicks. But this is better than nothing. Better late than never. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> and we go to the final scene. We get to see the quarrymen all get hauled off by the cops as ADA Casey Novak feebly attempts to redeem herself in front of a news camera. And after personally witnessing the heroic efforts that saved the life of every man, woman, and child aboard this train, it is my duty, no, my privilege, 
to announce the people's charges against these noble cre- These noble beings have been dropped. No public apology? That would have been nice. They dropped the charges. I guess that's all you get. Can she just do that? She says it and then it is done. There's no paperwork or anything. She gets to make that decision. Great. She has a lot of power in this city, apparently. I guess. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Goliath has his little speech at the end and he says something along the way of a new age has begun and we live again. I was like, oh, that's a sweet way to end it. Yeah. It was very dramatic music, too. I was like, wow, this music just, I felt inspired. It was very epic. Yeah. I went and fought a dragon. (laughs) Did you win? Well, it was a draw. (laughs) And, I mean, I hate to say it, but that's the end of the episode. We're going to take our final Defenders of the Night break, and we'll come back and we will discuss Gargoyles for the last time, maybe. Will Jack, the gym-loving male nurse hottie, manage to win the heart of the spunky blue-haired web designer Maggie? Join us to discover if this unlikely pair will have their happily ever after or fizzle out in the end. Love and Lust Season 1 is available for your listening enjoyment now at CalamityCast.com or anywhere you find podcasts. We're back! We did it! 78 episodes! Guys... What did you think about this one? It actually did a pretty decent job, in my opinion, of tying up the series in terms of like the Corrymen and the public finally appreciates the gargoyles, which is great. Took us a long time to get there, as Goliath says in his speech. So like it ends on a really positive note. So I felt I was like, oh, that's actually a, a not half bad way to end everything. I agree. I really did enjoy the ending. It, I feel like it left it open for things like the comics that came afterwards and, you know, all the fan fiction, of course. Yeah. I think if it just would have ended there, I'm hoping there's going to be a, not a reboot, but like, you know, a continuation, that would be great. But I think it, this was a good ending. There were a lot of holes, but it's a children's show. Yes. This isn't high pollutant animation. We're not watching anime here. It was a sad last season. The rest of the season was terrible, but this last episode, I think, really brought it home. I think even the animation was a little better. I'm sad it's over, but I'm glad it ended this way. It gave a closure. I'm just going to jump in here right quick and say I didn't like it. Oh, at all? No, I didn't like it. And part of it is because Wilson is a horrible antagonist. Yes. Perhaps the worst the show's ever seen. He has no real motivation. He just hates the gargoyles. He didn't have a relationship with them up until he started the Quarrymen. That doesn't make any sense. His big finale with Goliath was weak. There was no like epic final showdown. He just kind of got smacked around and was knocked unconscious. So that was kind of weak. We don't actually see the disbanding of the quarrymen entirely. There's plenty of quarrymen out there. And that's true. That's the thing about terrorist organizations. Is, They'll always find a new leader. Yeah. Do you think if this had been a full 52 season, you know, run, do you think you would, if there would have been more character development, do you think you would have liked it better? If we like got to know Wilson better and got to know like he had a reason for hating the gargoyles that we knew of, you think he would have liked it better? I don't think you need that many episodes to give Wilson some motivation. You just have to have the will to do so. And this was such a mess of a season. I don't think it helps. They were following too many lines this season. It's like they didn't really secure who the villain was. Yeah. Until suddenly it was like, oh, this is all about the Quarrymen. But like the first handful of episodes, it was like a different villain each episode. It should have been 13 episodes where the Quarrymen were behind everything. Or someone better. Yeah, I mean, it should have been the young brother from the Hunters. That's who 
John Castaway should have been. And the Quarrymen could have been his organization. Yeah. But he should have been at the head of season three as far as villains go. And the way they ended season two, you thought that was the way they were going to go. Yeah. But I know that because the creators changed between season two and three, like, I'm curious if maybe they weren't allowed to have some of that stuff. I don't know. But then you give John Castaway a backstory. Just do it. Exactly. You know, give him a couple episodes where he's this villain. We don't know why. Then episode three, like, here's why. And then... It's petty bullshit because that's, like Laura said, it's still a children's show. But you got to give them some reason other than, ew, yuck, gargoyles, they're bad, probably. Instead of just it being racism. I think this season really did a disservice to itself by having a different writer pretty much every single episode. And most of them didn't have any gargoyles experience. Yeah. So I think that kind of gave a really disjointed storyline throughout the whole thing. I agree. It doesn't feel like they sat down in a writer's room type situation and like hashed out like an arc. Like I feel like each writer was given like a sentence. <laughs> Go ahead and figure that out. <laughs> but you didn't like the ending? Because I feel like this, this whole episode was kind of a mess, but the ending solved it for me. I mean, there's no other way for it to end, really. You know, of course the gargoyles have to be triumphant in their series finale. Yeah. Just the situation that w- they were put in didn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, sure. Watching them be the good guys and win the day and win acceptance is fine. We took the most ass-backwards way to get there, I guess, you know? (laughs) There should have been a Goliath and Dreamboat kiss. Yeah, they got a hug. They got a hug. And then then we saw a different train go into a tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) Volcanoes were exploding. Yeah, it was weird. Like, there were no volcanoes in the rest of the episode. say though when he woke up and she realized that he was alive she did like nuzzle his chest a bit like it was quite the hug yeah that's what we saw in frame you know (laughs) yeah we didn't see all the other rubbing that was happening (laughs) below frame (laughs) so real fast liz you brought up an excellent point in the end of the train scene about how cool it would have been to have deluxe show up deluxe's role in this very last episode of gargoyles ever was so unfairly Minor. Yeah, like he did a major thing. Like he kept the bros from dying. So that's cool. But we got like five seconds of him. Yeah. We got way not enough deluxe this entire season. He was such a good guy in season three. It's criminal, I say. I'm going to go find some deluxe fan fiction and fill the void. Oh, it's out Oh, heavens. (laughs) Phrasing. I know. We'll have to do a very special Defenders of the Night episode about fan fiction. (laughs) You find us some good stuff and we'll talk about it. Yeah. I guess I could just keep asking random questions and this episode may never end, but that's kind of all I got for you guys. Do you have any parting words? Maybe something to wrap up the series? I don't know. Oh, that's classic. (laughs) I just want to say, I came to this because of, I never saw that pod was doing like a quick retrospective and they said, oh, hey, they're doing this podcast called Defenders of the Night. And so I started listening and I laughed and you guys have been I've provided so much entertainment, so I just want to say thank you so much for bringing back something that I remember from my childhood as being like, oh yeah, that was that show that was kind of a boy show, but I watched it because I was like, this is interesting, and I'm glad that podcast existed because it made me remember that this is actually really good. I loved it. Every single week, you guys have given me so much joy, and I just want to say thank you so much. And thank you to the creator of Gargoyles out there, because, I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I, and I forgot how sexy this show was. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that went over my head when I was younger. But 
thank you for being creators and doing what you do because this show has been I'm sorry to see it going and I'm looking I'm glad there are other things I can I think I'm gonna check out the Black Lodge complete department I've never watched Twin Peaks so I'm like yeah I can just listen to it and of course I listen to Love and Lust the smut cast and um (laughs) oh what is the other one called that I can't remember Dick of the Week (laughs) I'm like halfway through Jane the Ripper I had to stop because I got scared and I haven't given Space America a try yet, but I'm gonna check out your other shows because I can't live without you two in my life, in my podcast feed. Like, we're not going anywhere, Laura. So I'm, I'm really, I'm like looking forward. I'm like, what are they gonna do next? What can we watch next? Is it Ducktales? Is it Chippendale Rescue Rangers? Is it Tailspin? Are we getting out of Disney? Oh. What's going to be next for Liz and Daniel? I need to know. We we'll, don't we'll even take know recommendations. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're welcome, and. It's all Liz's fault. This was all her idea. Jeremy was out of town, and I finally downloaded Disney+. Plus. This was December 2019, and I got a little drunk and started watching Gargoyles and immediately texted Daniel. I was like, we're watching this. (laughs) (laughs) We are doing this. (laughs) And then we did. We did. We actually did it. And it's done now. So, Liz, you gave your classic growl if you've got nothing else (laughs) i think that we can hit the outro all right well guys that was the last episode of defenders of the night a million thank yous to ian oh no the one pump king mcgowan (laughs) for composing our interstitial music Check him out on Instagram and Twitter at easy underscore breezy underscore Mac and listen to more of his music at gooddeedmusic.bandcamp.com or sweetgumstl.bandcamp.com. He's the king. What? (laughs) If you want to talk gargoyles, bug someone else about it. We're finished. (laughs) Or use the hashtag gargoyles on Twitter where we're at CalamityCast, Liz is at Circinator, and I am at underscore DS Williams. On Instagram, we're at Calamity Cast Network. Liz is at L Circle, and I am at underscore DS Williams. Find us on Facebook at Calamity Cast. Email us at calamitycastnetwork at gmail.com and visit calamitycast.com to start Defenders of the Night over from the beginning. Laura, if you'd like, the floor is yours. You can find me on Twitter at checks926, and you can find me on the Facebook at my Facebook group, Kawaii Neko Productions where you will see where I'm presenting panels. And I think it'll be over by the time this airs, but I will be at Teco, which is a Pittsburgh anime convention, presenting some adult and all ages content. So if not, I'll see you at the Pittsburgh Renaissance Festival. I'll see you on Twitter. And it's been fun. Thank you guys for having me. Awesome. I want more information about all that stuff. <laughs> How Goyles, Defenders of the Night might be finished, but you can still head to patreon.com slash calamitycast to sign up to support the Calamity Cast Network. It doesn't, doesn't take, take much. much. And you can show your love for us by heading over to our website, clicking that shop link at the top of the page, and buying official Powgoyle t-shirts and merch and stickers and all that fun stuff. Yeah, uh, we'll be back um, sometime with something. Not gargoyles. Oh, God, I don't know what to do with my life. We've been doing this every week for two years! <laughs> well, Bye! Bye! <laughs> This has been a Calamity Cast production. For more content, visit calamitycast.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.